Good morning, everybody. Today's daf is Baba Kama Daf Tzadi Vav. We're holding on Daf Tzadi Hayam in base 15 lines from the end of the page. Amar Rav Ashi. Last words on the line are Amar Rav. Today's year is sponsored by Dr. David Lander in honor of his wife and children. And Lina Nishmas' mother, Goldaba Simcha Allah Shalom. Also by Daniel Sadian for the success of Klal Yisrael in these times and Hatzlacha for our soldiers and for our captives. Also by Rachel and Jeff Rottenberg and family in commemoration of the third yard site of Joe Rottenberg, Yosef Yitzchak ben Moshe HaKohen, and also by Avishai Newman in honor of his father's yard site, Chaim Naftali ben Rav Yaakov Shlomo, his yard site is Friday, we thank all of the sponsors very much for the sponsorship. First thing we're going to talk about is how do you give the Shavach when the Karka, the Gufa Karka belongs to one person and the Shavach belongs to someone else. Do you just cut off a chunk of the Karka and give that to them, whatever the piece of Karka that's uh, valued at the same value as the Shavach, or do you pay them off with cash? So we're going to have three other examples aside from a Gazela where that comes up. That's going to lead the Gemara into a discussion trying to reconcile Shmuel's opinion whether a Balchov collects the Shavach of the Karka from a Lokeach, meaning that uh, you owe me money and then you had sold your properties and now the uh, guy who had bought those properties had improved those properties. So when I go to collect from those properties, am I allowed to collect from the Shavach as well? There's some sort of stira within Shmuel. We have three different approaches. How to reconcile that stira. Then the Gemara is going to discuss <coughs> a question about keeping the Shavach in general when there is a Lokeach that's, uh, that's involved. A number of different questions relating to that. Then the Gemara is going to apply the din of Shinoi Kona to a number of different items, meaning what qualifies as a Shinoi when it comes to a Dekel tree that you have stolen, when it comes to a Lulav that someone has stolen, when it comes to bricks that someone has stolen, when it comes to silver that somebody has stolen. So when do we consider it a Shinoi, and when do we not consider it a Shinoi? The basic rule is that it's that if it is a Shinoi, HaChoser Libriaso, that it's a reversible Shinoi, well that's not really a Shinoi. So we're going to discuss the details as it relates to those particular items. On Ahmed Bez, the Gemara is going to talk about how broadly we apply the din that a gazlan pays kishas ha what the item was worth at the time of the gazela, and we're going to have a case of an exception that because of a kanas, the dayanim imposed that he does not pay kishas ha and he has to pay the shevach that he improved as well. Then the Mishnah in the middle of Ahmed Bez is going to talk about if the stolen item went through a shinoi for the worse, a shinoi the griusa. So when do you pay kishas ha and when can you say at what point can you say you know what uh, this is the item that I stole it may be worth a lot less than it was but here take it and that's my payment back and when do we say no no we have to look at what it was worth at the time that you stole it and that's what you're going to be on the hook for that's what you're going to be responsible for paying then the Gemara is going to discuss how do we paskin in the Machlokas Tanoim whether an Evet has a din like Karka and therefore you could say because Karka in an Exelas or whether an Eved has a din not like Karka, and therefore if the Eved went down in value, you cannot say, So that's a machlokas tanoim, and we're going to try to figure out how we paskin, and how uh, our psak halacha fits into the klalei hapsak. So 50 lines from the end of the page, says the Gemara, We have the following shaila in Rav Kana's yeshiva, According to Rabbi Shimon, that the Gazlan takes a, a percentage 
of the Shavach, how does he get paid that percentage of the Shavach? Do we just pay him with cash, Keneged, the amount that the Shavach was worth? So the animal was worth $100, now it's worth $120. He gives the animal back, and you just give him a 20 Or maybe, no, you give him $20 worth of meat when, uh, when you actually shech the animal, because he owns part of the goof of that animal. He's considered to be a part owner in that, in that animal. This whole suffix is only within the Shita of Rabbi Shimon. Tosos points out that uh, according to Shitas Rabbi Yehuda, since they were Misakin, that all of the Shavach goes to the Gazlan, it's a Dover Pashat that he takes the Shavach itself and you don't, and not uh, just money, that he's an actual owner of the animal itself. So the Shailov, whether he's an owner of a portion of the animal or whether he can only demand money is only a Shailov within Shitas Rabbi Shimon. The Tosos Rid says a little differently, that according to Rabbi Yehuda there's no Makom for the Suffolk because if the para became pregnant by the Gazlan and then it gave birth after you returned it to the Bailim, the entire Vlad just goes back to the Gazlan. And even though the, uh, the, the Ubar was Mashpiach upon its birth, and that happened back in the Rosh Hashanah Bailim, the uh, Bailim doesn't have any portion of that Shavach because the Gazlan is like someone who was Kona, an Ubar Bimei Imo. So when it gets, uh, when, when that baby is born, so it goes to the person who was Kona, the Ubar Bimei Imo. And if uh, he had stolen a pregnant animal and then it went back to the Bailim prior to its birth, so then the Gazan wouldn't get anything in the Shavach, because the Ubar belongs entirely to the original to the original owner. So that's how Tosrid learns. The Ravid understands that the Gemara doesn't raise the Suffolk within Shittus of Yehuda, because uh, from, its, from his Lashon, Gezele Choseres Be'inei, it sounds like the Bailim only gets the Guf Apara. <coughs> but the Guf of the Gizos and the Vlados remain entirely by the uh, by the Gazlan. Now it happens to be the Rambam Paskins that you get the Shavach Bidamim, and yet, meaning they get paid in cash, and he passes like Rabbi Yehuda, who says that you get the entire Shavach. Now that's a little strange, because all of the Rishonim are pointing out that our whole suffix of whether you get Damim or whether you get a portion of the uh, the animal is only uh, within Shittas Rabbi Shimon. But according to Shittas Rabbi Yehuda, of course you own a portion of the animal. Yet the Rambam Paskins that you get Damim, you don't get a portion of the animal and that any paskins like Rabbi Yehuda. So the Magnum Mishnah explains that, uh, that the way the Ramam learns the Gemara is that Alibid Rabbi Yehuda, it's Pashut that because of Takanas Hashavim, all we need to do is give him the Shavach Bidamim. We don't need to give him part ownership. And the whole Shaila is within Shitas Rabbi Shimon. So anyway, the Gemara raises the Shaila within Shitas Rabbi Shimon. So Upashtana, and we're Poshit the Shaila, Mehadam Ramnachim Namr Shmuel, from something that Shmuel taught us, where he said that Shlosh Hashavim Namr that there are three instances, three different halachos, <coughs> where we have to evaluate the Shabbat and we pay it in cash. And those three instances are <coughs> What are these three cases? So the first case is the halach is that a Bukhar is notal pishnayim. He gets a double portion of the uh, of the Yerusha. The way we do that is, uh, however many uh, sons there are, we divide the estate into that plus one portions, and the Bukhar gets two of the portions. So if there are nine sons, we divide the estate into ten portions, and the Bukhar gets two of the ten, and everyone else gets one of the, te- the ten portions. However, if the Nechassim went up in value, there were Mashbiach after the father died, 
before they had a chance to divide the estate, the Bukhar does not get Pishnayim of that Shevach. So here Bukhar is getting, let's say, two-thirds of a property, and his brother is getting one-third of the property, but then there was Shevach on the entire property. So uh, the, the, uh, that, that Shevach is only partially belongs to the, the Shevach of the two-thirds that the Bukhar has. Only one-third of the property's Shevach belongs to him. The other third of the property's Shevach belongs to both of them. So how does he pay off the Pashut? So it's Bidamim, he pays it off with money. Balchov Lokech means that someone has a Sheba Nechasim to his Balchov, and uh, he went and he sold the field to somebody else, so the Balchov could collect it from the Lokech. Now if the Lokech, if the, the, the property uh, was Mashpiach, <coughs> in the hands of the Lokech, that Shevach belongs to the Lokech. But the Lokech cannot say, okay, so leave me a piece of the Karka that, uh, that's, that's equal to the value of the Shevach. No, he has to give the entire Karka back, <coughs> and he gets paid back the Shevach. And Balchov, the Yisomim, is that Balchov collects Karka of a, of a Lova, even La'achar, uh, La'achar Moso, even after the Lova dies, and uh, he's able to be Motzi at Miyala Yisomim. However, any Shevach that the Karka had after the Lova dies, that belongs to the Yorshim. But the Balchov does not have to give them a chunk of the Karka. He could take the entire Karka and pay them off Bidamim. So bottom line is, you see, that whenever the Guf belongs to one person and the Shevach belongs to somebody else, you pay it in cash. You don't have to give him a piece of the Karka. So therefore, the Gemara is saying, Huadin, when it comes to Shevach of Gzela, that half of it belongs to the uh, Gazlan, so uh, he does not become a Shutaf in the Gufa Gzela, he does not become a partner in the Gzela, in the Gzela itself, rather you can, you just give him uh, some money. So uh, the truth is Shmuel mentioned three cases, and he didn't mention Gzela as one of the cases, so Luchora, you would think that if he's talking about cases where uh, there is Shevach and you pay Bedamim, he should have mentioned our case. So it says, yeah, ton of a shear, that Shmuel was saying a list of cases cases, but really anything that's similar. So anytime the guf belongs to one person and the shavach belongs to someone else. The Ravid learns the Gemara differently. The Ravid says that the Raya of the Gemara is actually the opposite. That from the fact that Shmuel identifies these three and only these three cases where we say that you pay Bidamim, it implies that any other case where the guf belongs to one person and the shavach belongs to somebody else like by a gazela, then you actually own the guf hadavar. Then he can demand that he, uh, that he receive a poor portion of the Gufa Dover, but most Rishonim learn like Tosos. So now the Gemara says, okay, now one of the things that Shmuel had said, uh, that uh, does Shmuel really hold that a Balchov to Lokeach that, uh, that, he, that he gives him the Shevach that the Karka was uh, that, that, that the Karka that there was a Shibaran was Mashbiach Vamar Shmuel Balchov Gove Esa Shevach didn't Shmuel say that a Balchov gets to collect the Shevach from the Lukuchos and he doesn't have to return anything meaning Shmuel's whole discussion was okay the Shevach that happened uh, by the Lokeach so how do you reimburse him for that but didn't Shmuel tell us you don't reimburse him for that I mean the whole discussion do you reimburse him with money do you give him a piece of the land no just take it the Balchov Chov gets to take the Shevach, according to Shmuel. So, Amalei, lo kasha. How do we reconcile Shita Shmuel? Lo kasha. Kan b'shevach ha-megiyah l'ksefayim. Kan b'shevach she'en megiyah l'ksefayim. The name of Shmuel that Balchov gives, uh, reimburses with money for the Shevach, that's talking about uh, grain that had fully grown, where the Balchov does not have any rights to that grain. So he's going to have to reimburse the Lokeach for that. 
But when it's grain that's not yet fully grown, that shavach is meshubad to paying back the chov, and therefore the balchov does not need to reimburse the lokeach for that. So amaleva ma'isam b'chal yom kamagli shmuel afilu shavach hamagiel k'sefayim. But uh, we know that that's not what Shmuel holds because it was ma'isam b'chal yom and Shmuel's based in where he would collect the uh, the, the the shavach even when it was fully grown. So amale. So we need a different answer. Lo kasha ha demasit be kishir aravishim. When Shmuel said that Balchov collects the Shabbach without paying for it, that's talking about where the Chov that he's owed and that he's Toveya from the Lova uh, is worth the value of the land plus the Shabbach. So everything that he's collecting is something that he's entitled to. He's entitled to that full amount of money. Whereas when Shmuel says that you need to reimburse the Lokach for the Shabbach, that's when you were only owed $100, but now the land is worth $120. So you're going to have to reimburse the, uh, the extra you're going to have to reimburse the Shabbach. Samalei, so Ravina says Ravashi, well, we have a machloka samaroyim in Mesech Ksubos by a balchov that comes to collect from the karka that the lokeach has, and uh, whether the lokeach is able to pay the chov with money and to be misalikim from the karka. I mean, can the lokeach say, you know, I had my heart set on this karka. You're owed $1,000? Let me just give you $1,000. So don't take the karka. Does he have the right to be misalikim bedamin? So hani, chlamadi amar if you say generally that's not within the rights of the Lokech to be misalik the Balchov with Damim and that he has to actually give up the Karka that he had, that he had purchased so Shapir, so then I understand that Shmuel is going to say that the Balchov is misalik the Lokech from the Shevach uh, with, with Damim when the shear of the Chov is only worth the shear of the field without the Shevach meaning the Chov was only worth $1,000 now the field with the Shevach is worth $1,500 so now I understand that uh, that, that you, you pay him back with money. But if you assume that in general, whenever the lokeach has money, he's able to just give that money to the balchov and say, "Don't take the land." So then Shmuel can't be talking about what we just said. He's talking about because let the lokeach say to the balchov, "Look, if I had uh, money that was worth the shear of the chov, have You wouldn't collect a." a a single, uh, a single inch of my land. I would just give you the money and you would have to be satisfied with that and you would have to walk away. So Hashta, now that you're taking from the Karka a chalik of the karka with my shevach, so uh, your chov is fully paid back, so you can't take the entire karka. You should leave me a portion of the karka the shevach that belongs to me. So how could Shmuel say that the balchov is not mechuyav <coughs> to leave a piece of the karka for the lokeach and that he could just uh, be masalikim with, with damim? If normally we assume that the lokeach has rights to the karka, he has rights to say, once you're paid back, you can't take this karka. This karka belongs to me as long as we make sure that you're paid back. So Amalei, Ravashi said to Ravina, when Shmuel said that the Balchov is Masalik the Shavach with Damim, that's Kigon the Shavyanele Apotiki. That must be where the Lova made this, this field into an Apotiki to the Malva. 
Damalei, where he said to him, Lo that your only payment is going to come from these fields, from this field. And with the Shibur of Napatiki, everyone holds the Lokech is certainly not allowed to be Masalik the Malva with Damim. When the Malva comes to collect, he, the Lokech is not allowed to say, Here, let me just pay you the cash of what the money that you owed. No, I only get paid from this land and I'm going to collect this land. And therefore he takes the entirety of the land and he reimburses whatever extra there is, whatever Shabach there is that belongs to the uh, to the to the lokeach aputiki uh, Rashi says it's in the trikun of apotehe kai, meaning that this will be your payment. From this will be your payment. The Rambam Pirush says it's in the trikun of potikne that over here you will uh, you will acquire. But in general, whenever we say aputiki, there are two types of aputiki. There's an aputiki stam where you're meyachet karka, a particular karka for the payment of the chov. So that that doesn't uh, take away the shibud from all the other nechasim. It's just a way of identifying a piece of karka that you know you'll always be able to rely on, but really there's a sheep on everything, on all of my nechasim. Then there's an apatiki mefurish, where I say lo and that was the case in our Gemara. Where there's no Shibut on any other property. The only place you're able to collect from is this property. And that's the case in our Gemara where we say that the, uh, that the Balchov is able to take from the Lokeach even though there's Shavach in the, uh, the Karka, he could take the entire Karka, because that Karka, it's Kanui to the Balchov. It's something that belongs, it's in a certain sense, to the, uh, to, to, to the uh, Balchov. Now, there is a Machlok Shoshona by Napatiki. If the Balchov is Tori of the Shavach, um, even if the Chov is only worth the value of the field, and the Shavach exceeds the value of the field, so according to the Rif and Tosos and the Rush and the Sexba Metzia, the uh, Balchov collects the Shavach, even though it's more than his chov, because the sada is, is considered his uh, already from the time of the halva, it's considered that belonged to him. So whatever shavak he did, he did in his field. So he actually gets to collect more than he uh, more than he's owed. Whereas the Balamara understands, no, he can't collect more than he was actually owed. Even in the case of Napatiki, he still is going to need to uh, to reimburse, uh, you know, whatever uh, whatever extra that he uh, that he may have gotten. Okay, so now the Gemara discusses the din of a shavak gazela that we said according to Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Shimon. The Gazlan is uh, Kona, the Shevach Kazeli, either in full or in part, right? That was the Machlokas Rabbi Yudon Rabbi Shimon. So I'm a Rava, Gazal the Shbiach, Umachar, Gazal the Shbiach, Vahorish, Mashish Biach, Makar Mashish Biach Horish. If a person stole and then he was Mashbiach the item and then he sold it or was Morish it to his child, so whatever Shevach uh, he was entitled to as the Gazlan, he had the right to sell and he had the right to be Morish because he was Zoche in that uh, in that Shevach. So that belongs to the Lukuchos and it belongs to the uh, to, to the Yarshim. Um, so uh, the uh, Tosos understands that we're talking about Metaltolin over here because the Takanus Hashavim. Um, of the Shevach Gezela, Shalah Gazlan, is only by Metaltan. But by Gezela's Karka, then the Gazlan doesn't get any part of the, uh, the Shevach. So the assumption that the Gazlan gets a piece of the Shevach is Dafka by Metaltan. Not everyone agrees with that, but that's Shita Satosos. So by Rava, Rava raises the following Shaila. Hishbiach, Lokeach, Mahu. What if the Lokeach, after he purchased this stolen item, was Meshpiach, the item? So what's the din of that Shevach? Do we say that just like the Shevach that the Gazla 
Gazlan was mashpiach belongs to the Gazlan because of a takarnas hashavim. So the shavach that the buyer from the Gazlan was mashpiach belongs to him. So basar the buyer hader pashta ma macharisha l'sheni calls klusha tava liado that the uh, that the Gazlan was able to sell to the lokeach whatever he has rights in, and since he would have rights in his own shavach, so the lokeach has rights in whatever shavach he he, he uh, makes the land improve. What if the Gazlan was Novit Chavim and he was Mashpiach? Do we make a Takanus Hashavim for him that he gets to keep the Shabbach? You think? Would we make a Takanus Hashavim for a Novit Chavim? Highly unlikely. I'm talking about if the Novit Chavim stole it, was Mashpiach and then sold it to Israel. Do we make a Takanus Hashavim that the Israel gets to keep the Shabbach? Well, so, so, well, the old Chavim only has a right to sell to the Israel that which he had a right in. And if he didn't have the rights to keep the Shevach, then the Israel that buys it from him is not going to have the rights to keep the Shevach. So it says, well, no, that was not. Shaila Lutricha, he gone to Gazal Israel, Israel stole it, and then he stole it to an Ovid Chavim, the Ovid Chavim made the Shevach, and then Vahadar Ovid Chavim, Vizabna Israel, and then the Ovid Chavim turned around and sold it to another Israel. So my, me, I'm reading, Kivin to me, Kari Israel, Vahadar do we say that there is this Takanus Hashavim because it started with the Israel, he was the original Gazlan, and it ended with the Israel, so therefore he keeps the Shevach? Do we say, well, once there's no Chavim in the mix, so then uh, there's not going to be a Takanus Hashavim? Take the Gemara does not resolve that Shaila. So now the Gemara discusses, we move on to the Sugya of Shinoi Kona. When do we assume that a Shinoi is enough of a Shinoi that you're Kona, and when do we assume that it's not a significant enough shinoi. So we're going to talk about it as it relates to a deckel tree, a lulav, bricks, and silver. Those are the four items that we're going to talk about. So I'm Rav Papa. A person stole a deckel tree from his friend, and he cut it He, he cut it out of the ground. Even though he then replanted it in his own karka, he's not kona, and uh, it's not enough to just pay the value. He has to give the deckel tree itself back, meaning he was not kona with the shinoi, it didn't really go through a shinoi. My time, why is that not called a shinoi? He moved, he uprooted the whole tree from one person's property and put it into his own property. Well, because it was called the decal when he stole it, and it's still called the decal, so that's therefore not considered to be a real, uh, a real shinoi. This is unlike. Uh, misas behema, which would be considered a uh, a, a real uh, a real shinoi, because uh, that's a shinoi that's more nicker. That's what Tosos points out in Dibra Maskel de Gazal. Tosos adds in Masachasuka that cutting down a decal tree is worse, even is 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 a lower level shinoi than a behema aging, because over there there's a, that the behema aging is considered a shinoi, even though it's still called a behema. And the same is true with a legabe eitzim v'shifam. If you took wood and you smoothed it out, or Avonim Vesitzam, you chiseled out some stone, where we said that that's a Shinoi, even though the name stayed the same. So the Orchlenar explains, because a Shinoi of Katsitsa is a lower-level Shinoi since you didn't do anything to the Gufa Dekel. The Gufa Dekel remains physically the same thing that it was, it just happens to be located in different Karka. Whereas all those other cases, even though it retains the same name, but you did something physically to the item itself, so that's why that would be considered a, uh, a Shinoi.
Shinoi. So Diklavavigovi, but let's say you took a, you stole a deckle tree and you made you cut it into logs, Lokani, then you're not Kona, that's still not enough of a Shinoi. Hashemias Govi Mikri, because it's still called logs of a deckle tree. So it still has a little bit of the shame dekel on it. If you took logs and you turned them into beams, then kani, then you are kona, and you cannot return the beams themselves. You pay the value, the money of the uh, of the beams, because up until now it was called govi didikla, and now it's called koros. That up until now it was called logs of a deckle tree, and now it's called beams. If you had large beams and you turn them into smaller beams, lokani, uh, then you're not kona because it still has the same shame. If you turn them into boards, so kani, then it is kona because that's a change of shame. Uh, if a person stole the lulav, so now we move on to a shinoi as it relates to a lulav. If a person stole a lulav and turned it into leaves, meaning he started pulling off the leaves from the shidra of the lulav, so kani is called with a shinoi. Because it used to be called the lulav, and now it's called a hutsi. The Torah Chaim points out that's talking about where you stole a lulav that's puzzle that you turn into leaves. But if you stole a lulav that was kosher, you'd be kona anyway, because at the time that you uh, turned it into hutzi, you've uh, you turned it into leaves, you've puzzled it. And a shinui from a lulav kosher to a lulav puzzle is for sure considered a, uh, a valid shinui. So here we're talking about just a lulav as a commodity, not, uh, not on the yantiv. So it's nothing to do with uh, lulav kosher, but, uh, but if you took kosher lulav around Sukkot's time and you turned it into a puzzle lulav, okay, that's a vada shinui. That would for sure be a shinui, says the Torah Chaim. So anyway, Says the Gemara, but Hutzi Vavdinu Chufya. If you stole lulav leaves and you turned it into a broom, Kani, then you're Kana Meikari Hutzi Vashu Chufya because it used to be leaves. Now it's a broom. Chufya Vavde Shush Sharshura. If you took, you stole a broom and you turned it into rope, Lo Kani, you're not Kana. My time with other Sasalei Vavdi Chufya because you could always turn it back into a broom. Meaning it's a Shinoi Hachoser Libriaso. Whenever it's a Shinoi Hachoser Libriaso, it's not going to be possible. This is any of this halacha l'maisa. We don't use lulavim for broom. We don't use the love for ropes. We don't use. So where is it? Where would this be? Allah So leave it to Rav Chaim Kanievsky. He has the following ha'ara. He says, uh, if you have a, uh, a, a shemitah lulav, you're allowed to use the leaves of the shemitah lulav to make the uh, the tabaos around your regular lulav. Even if you're not, if you're machmir to be knowing on your lulav kedusha shvius, why? Because the reason for the chumrah to be knowing kedusha shvius is because it's uh, it's It's a uh, lulav is meant to uh, to sweep a house with, and uh, when you make tabaos and uh, and and the holder with the leaves of the lulav, you can, you still have the ability. You're not able to sweep the house anymore, but you could always put it back to what it was, and that's what our sugya says. That even if you turn it into a rope, it's not. Gonna Considered a shinoi because you could turn it back into a broom. So whatever you do with lulav leaves, it's shinoi echoz lebriaso to go back to be used as a, as a broom. Mimela, it's not considered that you're using the shmita item for something that uh, that, that destroying a shmita item uh, for non kedusha shvius for not for something less than its uh, than its main purpose. Okay, by Rav Papa, mahu. What if the tiomas, the middle leaf, gets
gets split. So what's the din of that of the shinui in that lulav? Do we say the lulav becomes pasul for the mitzvah with that, and the mela that's a shinui, and the gazlan is going to be kona with that, or do we say that no, lulav does not become pasul when it's nechlechatiyomes, and therefore it's not a shinui, and therefore the gazlan is not going to be uh, to be kona. Shitum is quotes in the name of the Ramah that uh, something that's considered a shinui because uh, it, that, that that it's considered a shinui because originally it was a lulav and now it's uh, it's it's hutzi if it's uh, if it becomes possible. It sounds like he holds that the reason for the psal of nechlekat yomes is because it doesn't have a torah lulav. It's not considered a lulav anymore. It's only considered to be leaves. Um, uh, however, Rabbi Yerucham understands that the psal of nechlekat yomes is because it's not a lekichatama and it's uh, therefore only a psal on yom rishon. It's not a psal on the rest of the yantav. Rabbi Kivager in a tshuva it brings a raya from Tosus and Sukkah that the psul of Nechlechat Yomis is a psul in Hadar. So three different possibilities of what the problem even is with Nechlechat Yomis. Is it that now it's Hutsi, now it's just considered to be leaves? Is it that it's, a, it's, it's not a Luki Chatama? Or is it that it's a psul in Hadar? Really, this Shaila is a Hilchaz Lulav Shaila. It's not a Hilchaz Babakama Shaila. Right? We're asking Nechlechat Yomis, is that a psul? But it has ramifications for Babakama because if it's a psul, then it's a Shinoi. And if it's a Shinoi, then it's Kona. So, that, so, but really, fundamentally, it's Ilchus Lulav Shaila. So, Tashimas says, "Ma'ol bring a riot." Dam Rabbi Moshe, Dam Rabbi Shulban Levi, Nitla Tiyomas Pasul. If the Tiyomas were chopped off entirely, then it's going to be Pasul. My love, who had the Nechlika, doesn't that imply that the same would be true if it was Nechlika Tiyomas? That it would also be Pasul. Kapas Tamarim says, "Why does that imply that?" I, I would have said, "No, Nitla Tiyomas is much, much worse." The Tiyomas is gone entirely. That that's when it's going to be Pasul. But if we're only Nechlika Tiyomas. <coughs> maybe that's going to be kosher so he suggests that the Gemara in the Havamin assumes that there's more of a svara to pasal when it's nechlekat yomes because it's a, it's a greater chisorin of hadar when you have something there that's ugly versus when it's just not there at all then it's a less of a, uh, of a problem of hadar anyway says Gemara the diuk is a bad diuk when it's nechlekat yomes it's chasr and therefore it's pasal when it's nechlekat yomes maybe it's taka kosher ikada amri toshimah that uh, the raya is that he said beferish that when it's nechlekat yomis it's the same as nitlat yomis and therefore it's pasul shmamina and therefore we see that nechlekat yomis is pasul and therefore it's a shinui and therefore the gazlin is kona with such a shinui amra papa hayman the gazel afra mechavre so we discussed stealing a dekel we discussed stealing a lulav. Now we discuss bricks and, 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 and dirt. Someone steals dirt from somebody else, and he turned it into a brick. So look, honey, that's not enough of a shinui to be kona. My time, because you could just crush the brick back into dirt. So it's a shinui afra. What if you stole a brick and you crushed it and turned it into dirt? So, honey, then you are kona. What are you going to say? That's You could uh, refashion it into a brick. You may be able to refashion it into into a brick, but you'll never be able to refashion it into the same brick. That would be a new brick that you're making. That's considered Panam Chadashos, and therefore it's not a Shinoi Chazal Briaso. And then the final case, you steal a block of silver and you turn it into coins, into money. So, you're not Kona, my time, because you could always turn it back. And anytime it's a Shinoi Chazal Briaso, you could turn it back into raw silver. So, therefore, it's not considered a Shinoi. Um, uh, the Tosos points out. 
that uh, that 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 the reason it's not considered a shinoi is because uh, there's not the, the, there's not so much chashivus to zuzim or to for the case of the dirt there's not so much chashivus to a brick. But if you take that silver and you turn it into a becher, you turn it into a leichter, you turn it into an actual kli, even though you can always melt it down and turn it back into silver. But that's such a significant shinoi where you turned it in such into such a davar chashuv, then it's 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 considered to be kona and his raya is. From the case of Eitzim va'asam kelim, where the Mishnah said that uh, even though you could be, you could turn it back into Eitzim, it's still considered a real shinoi. So why should turning silver into a kiddush cup be any different? Of course, that should also be a real shinoi. So the Rashba says, I don't understand. Uh, when you turn it into coins, that's not a davar chashuv. You turn it into a brick, that's not a davar chashuv. So uh, the Rashba ex- explains that our Papa must hold that a shinoi choser is enukona even if you turn it into a davar chashuv, even if you turn it into a real kli. I. What do you do with the mission of Eitzim v'asam kelim? Well, we had two interpretations of that mission. Rav Ashi, back on the side of Gimlin Beis, says that that was talking about a case where you made it in such a way that you can't undo it, that you can't undo the shinoi that you made when you did the kelim. Okay, so if you can't undo it, then it's a, not a shinoi chosel briaso. But any time you could undo it, says the Rash. But even if you turned it into a davar chashuv, it's considered a shinoi chosel briaso, and therefore you're not going to be kona. Zuzi naska kani. If you steal money and you turn it into to a block of silver, you are kona. My amit hadar avaluhu zuzei. What are you going to say that you could tur- turn it right back into money? No, panim chadash balukan. You can never turn it back into the same zuzim. You could refashion new zuzim, but that's panim chadashos. Shchimi vavdinu chaditi. If you stole blackened money and you you shined it up and polished it up and turned it white, lokan you're not kona because it will blacken again. Chadti vavdinu shchimi. If you stole nice clean money and it became blackened, kani then you are kona. My what do you going to say? You can polish it up. You can never polish it up fully. You will never go back to its former splendor. And therefore, it's a shinoi that's not chozer lebriyaso. Period. So the Mishnah said, that kazlanim pay for whatever the item was worth at the time that you stole it. So what's the actual word kol coming to add? That if you steal an animal and a grow up while you have it, so you're kona. And therefore, if you shecht it or sell it, shalohu tavech, shalohu mocher. You don't pay dalavay, you just pay kefel because it's considered your own item that you had shechted, your own item that you had sold. Who gavra? There was a guy that stole a, a bunch of oxen from his uh, friend, and he then he plowed his field with it, and he planted the field, and then he returned it, he returned the oxen to the bailim. So, so the Bailim took took him to a dintar in front of Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman said to the Balidin, Go uh, assess the improvement of the value of the land from the work that these oxen did on the land, and you're gonna have to pay all that back. Not enough to just give back the oxen. You gotta give back whatever benefit you got from them. So wait a second. Even if I have to pay back whatever benefit I got from these oxen. If the land went up from $1,000 to $10,000, some of that is attributable to the oxen. Some of it is attributable to the land itself, the nutrients of the land that are able to grow 
both things. That able, so I mean, the whole difference in value is going to be attributed to the oxen. I'm going to have to pay all that. So Amar Rav Nachman said to, 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 to Rav Nachman said to Rava, Mika Amina Nishaimu Kule Palgu Kamina. I didn't mean to assess the whole value of the land. I meant half of whatever the increase in value is. That's what he's going to have to pay back. But at the end of the day, the halacha is that a gzela you could just say you could just return as is. Whatever you stole, you pay the value of the item that you stole at the time that you stole it. Why should he have to pay on top of that all the benefit that he got to his land from the stolen item? Haven't I ever told you what I'm doing it in Torah? Keep your mouth shut. You don't say a word to me. You should know something about me. Me and Shavar Malka were brothers in Din. The Rishon says Shavar Malka means Shmuel over here. Shavar Malka was just a very famous king. So when referring to Shmuel, when it comes to Din Imamunis, Shmuel was the world's greatest expert in Din Imamunis. So they referred to him as the king of Din Imamunis. So they used Shavar Malka. They used an actual name of a king. I don't know if that would be such a uh, you know popular expression nowadays. He's the president uh, Biden of. I don't know if people would take that as a. But whatever. So you know he's the king Charles of. Uh, you know we don't say that. But uh, so uh, so Rav Nachman says there's a reason why I required him to pay so much. This guy is always stealing things. Ubina Daknise. It's time to you know to squeeze him a little bit. It's time to to put a little pressure on him. And therefore I made this knas on him. Now the Mishnah discusses what if the item changed after you stole it, but it changed for the worse. Gazel behem of hiskina, avadim hiskinu. You stole an animal or avadim, and they, they, they got old, and therefore they're not worth as much anymore. Mishalim kshasa gzela, you pay what it was worth at the time of the gzela. Remeir omer ba'avadim omelor eshel chalafanecha. Now when it comes to avadim, avadim is dino kikarka. The Allah is karka is ena negzelas, and therefore you could say areshel chalafanecha when it comes to uh, when, it, when it comes to, to avadim. The Rivet points out that's if the avadim are alive, but if the avadim died, uh, then certainly you, don't, you would not be able to say areshalcha lefanecha. The shach is mochiach from a rashba, not that way. That even a dead eved would have a din like karka, you'd be able to say areshalcha lefanecha. That is a huge chiddush. Gazal matbeya v'nistak. If you steal a coin and then it develops a crack, peros v'yerkivu. You steal fruit and they rot. Yayin v'hichmitz, you steal wine, and then it sours, Mishalim k'shasak you pay what it was worth at the time that you stole it, and not what it's worth now that it's soured and spoiled and terrible. Matbeya v'nifsal, but what if you steal a coin, and it just, uh, the government uh, just uh, makes it that that coin is no longer a valid currency. Truma v'nitmes, you stole truma, physically it's perfectly intact, but it had become tame, which makes it uh, not, not, not something that anyone's allowed to eat. The coin's not allowed to eat it, you have to burn it. Chametz vavrelav Pesach. You stole Chametz, and then Pesach came and went, and the Allah is Chametz vavrelav Pesach is Asubana. It's a knas that it's Asubana. Behema v'nis havdu ba'avera. A behema that you stole a behema, and then it was involved in bestiality or something like that, or avodazara, or it was huksa avodazara. So there's a, there's a halachic problem with ever using this behema again, even though physically the behema is perfectly intact. Or the behema became possible to be used on the Mizbeach because it has some sort of mum in a place that's not nicker, like a Bedokin Shabayin or something like that. Or the behema was being taken out to be stoned, and therefore it's also Bachilubana. In all these cases, it's what's called the Hezek Sheino Nicker, that it's not usable, but there's nothing physically recognizable about it that makes it not usable. So, Hezek 
Shein and Nikri, you could say, here's your animal back, it's the same physical animal that I stole from you, and that's it. So Amra Papa, lois gina gina mamish, elafilu kachasha. When we say that if it got old, you pay kishas hagzela, it's lav dafka that it got old. Even if it got weak also, you have to pay kishas hagzela, and you cannot say, here, take back your animal. But it says hiskina, it doesn't say it got weak, it says it got old. So kachasha kigon hiskina, no, what we're trying to say is, if it got weak in a similar way to the way things get old, meaning once things get old, they don't get young again. So if it weakened to the point where you're not going to be able to, uh, to fix it up again, it's not going to be chose libriyaso, so uh, that's where the Gazan has to pay kishas hagzela, and you can't say areisha l'cha But if it weakened in a way where you can fatten it up again and get strong again, then you're allowed to say areisha l'cha l'fanecha. The animal grew up, it becomes a shinoi. And if you're tavachumacher, it's your own animal that you're tavachumacher, and therefore you don't need to pay dalid vehei, only kefel amalei. So he said, Didn't I tell you that when you quote things, you got to make sure that you, you attribute it to the right people? That was said in the name of Rabbi Ilah, so make sure you get it right. That's an introduction to the next conversation. There are mayor Omer Ba'avadim Omer La'areshel Chalafanecha. There a mayor says that you could say by Avadim Areshel Chalafanecha because Karka is ain't an exalus and Avadim are like Karka. Amr of Chanin Rav Dimi Amr Rav Halachuk Rav Mayor. We pass like Rav Mayor. What? Rav Shavik Rabbanan Va'avik Rav Mayor. Why would you pass like Rav Mayor against the Rabbanan? So Amri Mishum de Brisa Ipchatanya because in the Brisa we attributed the very the statements of Rav Mayor and the Rabbanan in the opposite way. So Rav Shavik Masisa Va'avik Brisa. Why would Rav pass like a Brisa against the Mishnah? Rav Masisa Nami Ipchatani. He learned the Mishnah in the opposite way as well. Umay Taimid Rav Da'avik Masisa Makami de Brisa Ad Rav Neipach Le Brisa Makami Masisa. Why would Rav flip the Girsa in the Mishnah as a way of deferring to the Bryce, so you should have done the reverse. Amir Rav Nami Masisin Ipcha Asne. No, he actually had a gears in the Mishnah where it was reversed. That when do we not flip? Um, uh, a Mishnah to conform to a Brisa, that's only if it's one Brisa versus one Mishnah. But over here you have two Brisas versus one Mishnah, and therefore we're going to flip the Brisa to conform, the Mishnah rather to conform to the Brisa. So tomorrow we'll begin with where is the other Brisa that shows us that Rameir holds that, uh, that, that Avadim are not like Karka, that they're like Metaltalin, and therefore you cannot say, Harei Shalacha Lefanecha. Okay, Bethesham will pick up with that tomorrow. Yeah.